there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get into the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers. When you win, you'll get paid fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting, combine multiple bets in the same game in a same-game parlay, and try out the same game parlay plus. So use promo code BOXING and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, joining me this week, the one and only Gareth A. Davies, Telegraph, Talk Sport, looking more and more like a retired Beatle every day, just living the dream. Uh, We're here in London where Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall will square off on Saturday, recording this in the lobby of the Fight Hotel where the press conference uh, just took place. Gareth, always good to see you again, my friend. Can I say cheers and have a little clink? Yes, I was instructed we have to drink tequila while we record this. Yeah, a double shot of tequila in a glass while we (laughs) record it. Why not? At least I should say we got the less expensive version of it. Initially, we're going to go about 240 for the tequila. So. 240 for two doubles. <laughs> doubles yeah, it was a little bit too much. Um, I won't mention it. I don't know if you're now to mention the brands on your show, but sure, man, why not? Yeah, well, it was a Patron Platinum. Yeah, um, but um, we've gone for we've gone for a bit of Don Julio in yes. the end. Yeah, still does the job. Yeah, and we are just just to put um, a picture on it. We are in the lobby of the Riverside Canary Wharf. We are in Canary Wharf, which is in the Docklands of East of London. Mm. It's a beautiful area that was remodelled during the Olympics. Twenty. 12, uh, 10 years ago, but also it's a big business area. Um, 
Canary Wharf itself is, is fantastic. It's the old Docklands, this is, and the O2 Arena is a stone's throw from here. In fact, you can walk to it across a little bridge over there, pedestrian bridge. We've had a lot of press conferences here for Anthony Joshua in the past, people like that. Eddie Hearn uses it regularly, but we're here today with Boxer and Top Rank. Uh, and Sky Sports. It's great to be here. It's great to see you in the UK. I don't know about when people start saying retired, the one and only retired. It retired means you're getting beetle. retired beetle. Retired not, beetle, but not, uh, yeah, but it means retired, you're getting a bit yeah. too old for it. But oh. it's lovely to be here and see you in person. Last time, a few times we've done this virtually. I've been in a hotel room. You've been wherever you are in America, and we've done it virtually. So great to be here with you um, in what is a historic week for for the sport in terms of 20 women fighters on one card incredible i want to get into that but before we do <laughs> we talk about the card happening this week what the hell is going on with tyson fury and anthony joshua to recap for the audience last week tyson fury uh called out you know said let's get a fight done alexander usik the unified heavyweight champion, just beat Anthony Joshua on August 20th. Usyk came back and said, I'm not ready to go until 2023. So Fury turned his attention to Anthony Joshua, his longtime domestic rival, said, let's do a fight, AJ, in December. AJ, at least on social media, accepted. There have been, at the very least, preliminary discussions between Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn about a fight. Uh, Gareth, this feels awfully tight to be putting together a fight of this magnitude. How much credence do you give these talks for a Fury-AJ fight before the end of the year? The purse split might have been agreed 60-40, but the chance of the fight happening before the end of the year, I think, is about 98-2, um, i.e. 2% chance of happening. And I think after today, and we're recording on Thursday right. ahead of the fight, and it was obviously Monday that he called out Joshua, that Fury called out Joshua, I think it'll be probably 1% or 0. I, I, it, the, the thing is, looking at it from the outside, yes, it is an opportunity for Anthony Joshua to get in through the back door and try and win and become a three-time world, a three heavyweight world champion. But the way boxing works and the negotiations that need to take place for a fight that's probably worth 100 million US dollars, you can't get it done in a couple of days. You can get the agreements there, but I think there's just been a lot of posturing around this, and that's what it is. And people can sit out there and say, yeah, but you should just take it. And no, it's not. I, I hate to say this because I sound like an, an old fart sometimes. This is not how boxing works. And it's not how big business works. Big companies don't merge in a week. There's preliminary agreements. They start to go through things. They've agreed a 60-40 split, and they were talking about a second fight. But they're all playing a game. Tyson Fury, it's not a ruse. He means it, I think. He'd love to get... Joshua out of the way this year and fight Usyk next year and he's cleaned out the era and I do think he needs to do that to prove himself as the supreme heavyweight of the era I don't think there's anyone else really knocking around that he needs to do it against but as you saw they all agreed because they didn't they weren't ever going to agree on the dates November 26th December 3rd from Anthony Joshua from Tyson Fury to Anthony Joshua Eddie Hearn knew that the Warrens, Queensbury Promotions, had booked the 17th of December as well, Cardiff, but that was in the event of Fury fighting Usyk. Fury could come forward and say, yeah, all right, December the 17th then, but I think they'll find some way of getting out, out of it, one side or the other. Fury would take Joshua now, there's no doubt about it. Joshua shouldn't take Fury right now. Not on the back of back-to-back -back losses 
to Alexander Usyk. You talk to any boxing sage, anyone that's been in the sport for a long time. Go and knock out a couple of bums, rebuild yourself. There are six fights left for Anthony Joshua where he could now, I mean, I'm talking real terms here. There are six fights left for him. A couple of bums, Dillian White, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Usyk again if he wants to mm -hmm. later down the line, uh, and probably Joe Joyce. All those fights, and there are a couple more as well if he wants them. It's worth $150 million, those fights as well. He's got an amazing deal with DAZN. If he loses against Fury in December, and he is rebuilding from the mental and physical catastrophes that he had, catastrophes is a strong word, um, short falls that he had against Usyk, um, he loses in that fight in December, or Fury stops him, it's a huge climb back if he ever does climb back after mm -hmm. that, in my view. So I don't think it'll get made, but it does excite us. And if they do get it done, I'm all in. I mean, came, all out, my of chips are in if came they out of nowhere with all that. Like, I was stunned that AJ was even considering. And I think he would have looked bad if he didn't consider it. Um, but I I'm with you. Like, They're posturing, aren't they? Yeah, total posturing. And I think Eddie Hearn's tried to been called been trying to call some bluffs here and say like all right we'll agree to this we'll agree to that i'll just do it on december 17th i'm with you i think aj's next fight if it's in december or january like is dave allen still fighting like somebody along that level uh to get some confidence back if you want to do one more like that fine but i wouldn't mind a dillian white fight in the first quarter yeah. of 2023 and if he wins those two fights He's kind of back, at least yeah. on the big stage. And then you can start looking at Deontay Wilder, who might be coming off a win over Andy Ruiz. He might have two wins in a row. That fight is massive in the U.S. or in the U.K. And then Fury, we both know. You know Fury better than I do. But he's not going to retire. He's never going to retire. He's going <laughs> to keep going and going and fake retiring every six months and come back because what else is he going to do? He, just, he loves his family. I'll give him that. But he can't sit still. He can't just be Go a family it. man. Go over it. Think of it like this, Mr. Mannix. He gave me an exclusive the other day. He was fighting the mountain, this world's strongest man. <laughs> he flew to, where was it? Where did he fly he, to? He flew to Iceland to see Iceland him. To but he was in Milan. But, uh, but, but, it's amazing. Um, but Drank while he was Kathleen there, at least. Bjornesson was in Milan. Wasn't even there. Um, I love the mountain. I love Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, and it was a fun exhibition fight. And I, I was actually with him on tour, Tyson Fury, on, mm. on his speaking tour, hosting him one night, where he was actually talking to him live. And I, so I know that it was genuine, mm. that they were trying to set it up. Then he was fighting Derek Chisora, and he offered him out. Then he'd retired again. Then he wanted to fight Anthony Joshua for nothing. Then he wanted to fight Anthony Joshua. And I did this story with him myself for half a billy, half a billion pounds or dollars. Then he, then he was retiring again. Then he wanted to fight Usyk. Uh, then he retired again. Now he wanted to fight um, Anthony Joshua. So, you know, that's Tyson. He, he, you know, he's, he's, he's erratic uh, in that way. And the trouble is, when, you're, when you've got that kind of appeal that he now has, that m kind of mainstream appeal, you know, the Twitter sphere goes mad. Social media goes mad. The newspapers then follow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm following the story at the moment. Um, I shall be writing about it later because it's kind of dominated the boxing news agenda this, this week. Um, you know, in a week when there's a lot of other things going on, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, look, if you're Fury, like, I wouldn't mind revisiting the Chisora stuff. Like, if you really want to fight somebody in December, like, Chisora will probably be up for it. Like, you pay him a little bit of money, you get him in the ring. No, he'll need two million, I think. Which I think is reasonable, like, yeah. for a fight yeah, I think like that's that. that's what they offered Chisora, the apparently. I would tell you this. The problem with Fury, though, is... 
he wants these fights, but he wants to get paid commensurate with these fights. And that money isn't always there. Like, it's not there on pay-per-view to give him the dollar figures he's looking. That's why whenever I talk to Top Rank in the U.S., which is a partner, obviously, with Fury, they're like, no. This was, remember, like, two years ago yeah. when he was going to fight uh, Ajit, what's his name? Uh, Cut by L. Yeah, yeah. It, like, they're like, it's not going to happen because no. Fury wants X, and that money simply isn't not sellable. There. So it's not mm. sellable. So, mm. well, we'll mm. see. If he wants Duchasora, fine, but let's kick Joshua to 2023. All right. The reason we are here uh, at this hotel is because we have a terrific women's card headlined by Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. As you mentioned, what, 20 women on this card? The co-main is excellent. Michaela Mayer uh, against Alicia Baumgartner. Michaela is joining me later uh, in the show. How big is this fight domestically? Like Savannah Marshall versus Clarissa Shields. Give me a taste of kind of how significant this fight is in the UK. Well, look, it's on Sky. They've decided to... Sky Sports is the equivalent of ESPN in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know... They're it, putting it everywhere. Every time I turn the TV on yeah, in the hotel, there's it, some kind of special on one of those two fights. Yeah. It's, look, it's a big, it's a big um, event. Um, I had several discussions with Ben Shalom. You know, as we do, we get more involved with, with the promoters as we get involved in the industry for a long time. And, I, and he, he was going to put it on in Newcastle, and I got, got that. And they'd, they'd sell out 10,000, but they've taken the gamble of doing it at the O2 Arena, which is a fantastic arena for boxing. You've been in there yeah, yet in the big great. tent? You've, yeah. you've been there before, I have. haven't you? Yeah. Um, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere, and they reckon 35% of the tickets have been bought by women. So that's going to create a new atmosphere in itself. I was there for KSI and Swarms the other day. That was a DAZN Misfits card. It's an amazing atmosphere. Um, different. And it'll be different again on Saturday night. Um, women fights are different. How big is the resonance here in the UK? They've really pushed hard to make it very resonant. They've worked really hard on... Um, I think I agree with the top line. It's the biggest female card of all time. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that. Listen, you can go back through Mia St. John, Leila Ali, Christy Martin. I covered all the bits of these people's career. I don't know if you were there years ago, but I covered Leila Ali and Jackie Frazier Lied in the circus tent in Syracuse, New York State. And that was fantastic. And that felt quite big. The old men were still alive in there then. Mm. Trito Trinidad was there. I think Bernard Hopkins there. It was a really big tent, 6,000 people in there. That felt like a big occasion for women's boxing. This is a big occasion. My fear is that this fight, the styles in this fight, we may not get a tear up like we got in Madison Square Garden between Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. That was, and you were there working mm -hmm. on it. I was there working on it. It was extraordinary. I took my new girlfriend. She'd never been to boxing. She could not believe it. She wanted to take up boxing. Mm -hmm. All friends and family watched it and were amazed. I've got to watch women's boxing. More eyes will be on this than ever before, but I think the show will be stolen by the Michaela Meyer Alicia yeah. Baumgartner fight for three of the world title belts at Super Featherweight mm -hmm. rather than this, all the belts in the ring magazine at Middleweight. Mm. Because I think this is going to be a cagey affair between two women in Shields and Marshall that have a 10 year rivalry that both of them believe they have the rights to walk away as the winner mm -hmm. from. It's a very, very difficult one. It's why I asked at the press conference today, Chris, is there a rematch? Because we're going to need one, I think. Yeah, yeah. I my, really do. My understanding, I think it was explained uh, at the press conference, is that Ben Shalom and Sky effectively have the rematch clause. Like, it's not Clarissa has one, 
um, you know, Savannah has one. It's, it's if this is incredibly marketable, they can exercise the rivers. Although Clarissa can just turn around and say, I'm going to go do MMA and screw you. Like, I'm just going to do it. So I, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, look, both these women, if this is a great fight on the level of Taylor Serrano, the money's going to be even more. They're going to want to get back in the ring with each other, you know, once again. So I don't think, yeah, rematch clause, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, there. But Do you not see in the two styles that Clarissa's going to push forward yeah. and Marshall's going to dance and try to Well, and let me, this is what I was going to ask you about. Like, I don't think a lot of, a lot of people in the U.S. are familiar with Clarissa. She won two gold medals. Um, she's fought most of her career in the United States. They is know she which, uh, she's known. Um, I, I don't know. She hasn't really headlined in a big venue at this point. Her best venues have been in Detroit, Michigan, you know, near where she grew up. Uh, she's certainly well-known, but as far as being a headliner, probably not. And that's why we're here, quite frankly. Like, we're in the U.K., where Savannah Marshall is equally or more known. as. So let me ask you that. Like, Savannah Marshall, to a lot of U.S. fans, is still relatively unknown. They know the storyline, why this matchup is spicy. They know that Savannah Marshall beat Claressa Shields in the amateur ranks 10 years ago, and that's not at Claressa Shields ever since. In your opinion, how good is Savannah Marshall? Well, she's good enough to have beaten Claressa Shields in the amateurs at the World's uh, Amateur Championships and become the number one and go into the Olympics here 12 years ago, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, sorry. It's 10 years ago, pretty yeah. much, to the day. Time flies. Um, yeah, doesn't it? You were over for that. I was at Rio for the 2016 Olympics. And you yeah. were at 2012 as well, I think. Uh, London, yeah, I was here you for were that. Here. Yep. Yep. It's 10 years we've aged. Incredible. Ten Not years a day. Not a day we've aged, Gareth. Exactly. But those about? women, at that time, were very different. And they've both grown enormously. Caressa Shields is fighting here. One of the reasons is because she won the Olympic gold here. Um... In my view, if we're going back to this original question, how good is Savannah Marshall? She's got a lot better under Peter Fury. She's found this style of dancing on the outside and using her height and reach advantages and then coming in with power when she's in close. Has she been really tested? I don't think so. I think these two are both levels above everyone else. That's why I'd like to see them have a trilogy of fights because mm. they are in a different level. Yes, maybe both of them can go up and fight HH Diva, who's a different kind of brawler. Mm. Obviously, Caressa's fought HH Diva. I watched it. It was Hagler Hearns. Debut fight, her debut. It was on the undercard. Both their of, debuts, I think. Yeah, was, yeah, exactly. It was on the undercard of um, Ward and um, Kovalev 2, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. I think. Yeah. Um, mustn't eat while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> Some food's arrived and I was about to tuck in. Um, I think Savannah... Marshall's going to be hit more than she's ever been hit in this fight mm. um, because because Shields does close the distance and let her hands go I think she's probably got a great chin as well and mm. I don't think she, she may go down and get up Shields I think she might well do she was down once in her career yeah, was exactly. Hannah Gabriel's put her exactly. down first round of that but, fight yeah but the thing is we're going to be seven eight rounds into this fight before we know it these two mm. minute rounds go so quickly yeah and it's going to be a tight affair. One will win it, one will win another. I don't see knockouts. I don't see them going toe-to-toe very much. Mm. I see it being a cagey technical fight between two very clever, very elite fighters protecting unbeaten records mm. and going after all the belts. There's so much at stake yeah. here. I think the big question is, is Savannah as heavy-handed as she seems? Like, her early fights have shown a tremendous right hand. Great pop great power with that straight right hand. To your point, I think Peter Fury has done an excellent job in cultivating that and making her 
uh, a cleaner puncher, but Clarissa's really active, and she throws from angles, yeah. and she's highly skilled. My con- my only concern... I think, she- I think Shields win on the outside, yeah. on paper. Shields wins on points yeah. in a very close fight. I even think it might be a little bit wider. I feel like it has a 7-3 potential uh, to it. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think Clarissa's skill level is just a little bit higher. And she's also not, like, as much as she talks about power, doesn't really have it. Like, Clarissa's not a power puncher. She likes to think she is, but she's not a power puncher. Maybe she would have more knockouts if she fought lesser competition earlier in her she career. She gets off balance a lot when she throws. A little when bit. When she gets little bit. It's a little, no, I want to say it's amateur. But Male she's, boxers she's great, do that as well, correct. by the way. And plus, when you're a decorated <laughs> amateur, you, you don't fight the pro style as well. Like, it takes you some time to adapt and become... A sit down in your punches. She's got the right trainer. John David Jackson is an excellent trainer when it comes to that. Worked with Sergey Kovalev uh, during Kovalev's prime years of his career. So I just I get the feeling it has, uh, you know, it, there's some moments for Savannah Marshall, but Clarissa Shields' skill level will rise above. But what if Savannah Marshall catches her? Catches her. I, that's the game changer. Comes in hard late in the fight, closes it, and it's a controversial split points decision. We'll be right back here in three months. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. they'll be interested in it, too. Like, just like yeah. there was more interest in Taylor Serrano, too, there'll be interest in a fight uh, between those two women as well. Um, you mentioned the undercard, which I think has a chance to steal the show. Michaela Mayer, Alicia Baumgartner, another event where there's no love lost between these women. Michaela Mayer has been the more celebrated of the two. U.S. Olympian in 2016, first female fighter signed by top rank. You know, has been given ESPN televised slots, whereas Alicia Baumgartner uh, kind of fighting in the, the shadows a little bit, fighting in the, the, uh, the lower tier of boxing. How competitive do you think this fight is? Well, I finished my hummus and pizza bread. <laughs> um, I think it's a really competitive fight. I think it's Michaela Myers' fight to lose, probably, stylistically, because she's the longer, taller, rangier athlete with a very good jab. A very good amateur pedigree. And as Michaela said to me in a very interesting interview recently, this is the last generation in which women are going to become able to come in straight into the pros and be a pro. They're not going to be able to anymore off this. They're all going to have, they're all going to have long amateur pedigrees. They're going to have to be schooled because the sport's changing and women's sport's really changing. Um... Baumgardner is the explosive super athlete for me. Look at her, she's incredible physically. I don't mean that in any male way looking at a woman. Her physiology and her musculature is it's just staggering, staggeringly beautiful as well. It's a beautiful human being. Like, if Anthony Joshua's an Adonis, she's a female Adonis, you know, Adonises maybe. But she is, she, she's extraordinarily powerful. You see her sprint work in some of the videos. You see her physical workouts, her power. But she's three inches shorter. She's not as experienced as Michaela. She's got less tools at her disposal. So I expect a clever boxing match with a couple of troubled moments for Michaela Meyer, and I expect her to win it, you know, 6-4 or maybe even 7-3. But again... She mustn't be drawn into a toe-to-toe battle with Baumgardner because Maeve Hammerdouche, fine, but not Baumgardner. Yeah, th- that's a, what yeah. Baumgardner wants to drag her into. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. a lot of this trash talk has been about. Like get in there, fight with me, throw punches. Uh, Baumgardner, of course, doesn't have the amateur background that Michaela Mayer has, but that may look. I think for women especially, 
that may work for them. Like, look at some of the bigger punchers in women's boxing. Sinise Estrada in the lower ranks, Amanda Serrano in the mid-ranks, uh, now here with Alicia Bumgarner. The common thread there is not a deep amateur background. They grew up as pros. Like, sit down your punches since you're eight years old. That might work for her in yeah. a fight like this. She's not going to outskill Michaela. You and I, I think, would agree on yeah. that. But if she lands the shot that put Terry Harper out on her feet, she might be able to hurt her as well. Yeah, I think Terry Harper's a different physical animal to Michaela Meyer. Um, I mean, like you say, who she's always been a very great physical athlete. Um, you know, her dad was a soccer coach. When she, as she said, she grew up. Um, tripping over footballs basically with two left feet as we say and wasn't talented at soccer but I think they've done a good job with Michaela Meyer of top rank recently and, and you know I'd say Melissa Melt PR has done a great job with her as well and just getting Michaela, Michaela to be out there a bit more you know she's just she, there's something trendy about her now mm. um, for me she says a lot of the right things and She's very, I think all these women are, are extraordinary. You know, we have to bow down as men to the, their extraordinariness as women. Um, we, you know, we admire a lot of male fighters, but have a lot of admiration for, for these women. As Michaela said to me, if I can get a good victory here and call out Choi, if Choi doesn't want it, that's the last belt holder mm -hmm. in the super featherweight division. I want that fight signed. If she doesn't want to do it, I'm moving up to lightweight and I want to fight Katie Taylor. And I think if Mi Michaela Meyer wins this really convincingly, she's quite a good prospect for Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and as is Natasha Jonas, by mm -hmm. the way, who won at the weekend. A rematch with those with Taylor and Jonas is good as well. Well, if Katie wants to go back to the U.S. and fight, Michaela's the fight, for exactly. sure. Yeah, That's a um, New York or L.A. or even Vegas exactly. type of fight. Exactly. But as we say all the time, one of the things that I find as I get older and I've been involved in boxing 30 years now and journalism 32 is... It's so weird how just been in Saudi Arabia for a big and very different fight mm -hmm. in which we're finishing at six in the morning. It felt like an Olympics, buses to different <laughs> venues all the time. And I'd do it differently if I went another time. Then back for KSI and Swarms, a, a YouTuber celebrity influencer week. Now this completely different, like a, like a side street we're going down with a really great explosion at the end of the week with 20 women fighting on a card. Look at boxing's ability to do different things and be creative. Mm -hmm. I know you love your basketball, and NFL's huge in America, and Premier League football and Champions League is huge here, but it's formatted. It's the action just there, but I've got to applaud boxing for its creativity. Mm -hmm. We've come out of lockdown in, in a really good way. Um, it's a very interesting place, a very interesting kind of landscape mm -hmm. to inhabit. You know, because it's so creative, it really stimulates the mind. And I don't know if you feel the same, because we've been in this for so long. I do. I do feel the same. I feel like boxing, when it's at its best, is unrivaled. And we can sit here and quibble over when it's not its best. We debate, you know, Crawford Spence and fights that don't happen and things like that. But when they do, when we get a card like Taylor versus Serrano, when we get a card like this, 20 women fighting on it, uh, two explosive main uh, main and co-main events that have the potential to be riveting you know in the case of mayor Baumgartner, fight of the year type of of fights um you know a grudge match with you know shields and marshall i think it's great i think it's um i think it's terrific so i'm looking forward to both i don't know if i'm quite as excited gareth as i was for taylor serrano but it's close like it's it's i'm ready for saturday man what, i'm, what? I'm 
what they did very sorry to interrupt you what they did very cleverly in New York which they could have done a bit more here they should have got some messages from Serena Williams this week mm. about these women fighting about how Clarissa Shields is great I think they could have gone I think they could have gone broader and wider mm. in New York they got um, Billie Jean King mm. they got um, I don't know their names but they got African American senators they got Mexican American senators they had everybody they, yeah. they, they had everybody and yeah. I think that really resonated, and it was Madison Square Garden. And they, I mean, they were on Good Morning America. Yeah, like exactly. They got that kind <laughs> of thing. Good Morning America touches an audience that boxing never touches. Yeah, exactly. And 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 they were very loved. I heard that morning when mm -hmm. they went on there as well. It really resonated yeah. with the audience. You know, a million people over. Was it a million five worldwide watched yeah. it? Something like that. It's yeah. great. Yeah, a million. 1.5 million people will have had their views and perception shifted one way or the other on women's boxing. Mm. It's always about perception shift. It's always about eyes on people. It's always about narrative, the background, the storytelling. That's why we're in this. Because mm. there are extraordinary people that we talk about. Yep. I don't think this is as big as that. Um, it captured the imagination. But I have noticed it growing. And today it's grown a lot bigger. Yeah. I mean... There are things going on in the background in our country today that may affect it yeah. again. Um, and that'll probably be clearer when the podcast emerges, mm -hmm. when your great show emerges. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's growing, it's big. 15,000 people at the O2 Arena is a big event. And all, all the media that needs to be here is here, by the I way. I agree, I agree. It should be a great show. Gareth, always good to catch up with you, man. Looking forward to seeing you uh, again on Saturday night. Thank you. And when we come back... My conversation with Michaela Mayer. Well, the NFL season is upon us, and you want to kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code BOXING to get in on the action. Then you could turn game day into payday all season long. You can do win totals, division winners, Super Bowl winners, player props, everything. Week one spreads and totals, you name it. Play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code BOXING. FanDuel is now live in Kansas. That's right, FanDuel is in the great state of Kansas. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Michaela Mayer is here, unified 130-pound champion. On Saturday, she will look to add a third piece of that title to her resume. She takes on Alicia Baumgartner. That is a fight that takes place in London, where we are recording this in a hallway outside the press conference. Uh, first time in London for you as a fighter, right? You've been broadcasting for Sky for a little while, but first time as a fighter. Yeah, I've been here about four times in the last year and a half, but yeah, first time fighting. Yeah. They do. I, it's one thing I've noticed being here. Like, they really push boxing stuff. Like, I turn the TV on, there's stuff of you. There's stuff of Claressa. There's, yeah. there's a lot going on here when it comes to this fight. That's one of the reasons why me and my team wanted to get me out here. Because, honestly, it's a little bit tougher in America, as we have seen. You know, I was just telling everyone this, that I was top-ranked only fighter for five years, and they finally added Sinisa, mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for that. And people think, like, wow, it took so long. But I'm like, 
honestly, that's a big step. It's, it's the market is tough in America, and boxing's not our top sport like it is here. You got mm-hmm. boxing, you got soccer or football, mm-hmm. they call it. Correct. Yeah. Um, but it's we got the NBA, the NFL, everything going on in America, and there's just so much competition. Does it feel bigger here in like the days and weeks that you've been here? Does it feel like this is a big event? Oh yeah, yeah. this is definitely like by far the most media, the biggest build up to a fight. Um, I think like naturally, I've it's. I'm ready for this. It's time, which we're just where my career has been going. It's constantly been elevating mm-hmm. and this is a big fight and I feel like I'm ready for all this spotlight, but I also think it's part of being here in the UK. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about this fight, but you are a former US Olympian 2016 Olympics. It was recently announced that or at least the events were listed for the LA Olympics 2028. Right now, boxing is not listed on it now we both know that can change but yeah. like what's your reaction to the at least the potential that boxing could be eliminated from the olympics that's just insane i mean boxing was one of the first olympic sports ever right it's kind of like when they tried to take uh, wrestling out it's just you can't mm. you can't you can't be adding these these newer sports like i think recently surfing right which is cool and everything but it take out the og of the olympics <laughs> like which is boxing so i think it's just a little bit of a scare tactic there's some things that the organization needs to get together you know and mm. Um, it's probably for the best, honestly, and hopefully they take care of it and they, they let these athletes back in. What did the Olympics mean for your career? Like, what kind of bounce did that give you as you started to look to the pros? Not even just me. Unless I'm talking about this sport as a whole, especially for women. Mm-hmm. It allowing us to compete in the Olympics gave us the opportunity to compete at the highest level. And that was so important because that's the opportunity that the men had for years and decades and decades. And that's why they're at the level that they are. And people can say there's a huge talent gap between men and women, but we're now able to compete at the highest level, compete in the Olympics. And that's what's going to continue to elevate the sport. Mm. This, uh, I saw you last at the Taylor Serrano show. Um, what, I haven't talked to you about that since then, but like being there and being part of the biggest women's fight in history, seeing the reaction from the crowd, seeing the size of the crowd, like, did that give you any kind of extra kind of push as you kind of looked at what you want to do in your career? Oh, yeah, that that pumped me up big mm. time. Um, and I'm feeling like like this is. You know, maybe it's not not to that extent just yet, but I am feeling like me versus Baumgartner has become a mega fight. Mm. And obviously Shields and Marshall, too. And to have all three of these fights happen in one year time, one year's time. um, God, we don't even have to say anything. It's Mm. just proof. It's just facts. Like it is what it is. Women's boxing is here to stay. Mm. Did that. I mean, what you anticipated Taylor Serrano looking like and what it was like, did that meet your expectations Did exceed your expectations? Uh, I knew it would be a huge yeah. fight. I really did. I genuinely believed it would be a massive fight. I'm saying massive now. That's how long Sorry. I've been in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really believed it. So I wasn't shocked, but definitely being there and just seeing that mm. Madison Square Garden, the big room, like sold mm. out was, you know, it's one thing to, to believe in it and then to be there, witness it and see it. It was definitely awesome. Mm. But I, I knew it. I knew it was going to be great. So you've been a headliner on ESPN cards in the U.S. Uh, a few times now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the co-main event to Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall. This easily could have been a main event in the U.S. or anywhere else for that matter. Um, take me, talk to me about like why you were okay with this being a co-main, why you wanted to be part of this card. What was that thinking like? Um, first of all, yes, we, these two fights could have definitely stood on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying not to get ca- too caught up in the word co-main. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a huge fight. I feel like the fans see this as a huge fight. And so I'm not going to let my ego get involved in that. But there's two things that I care about when I, when I worry about these type of things and putting together a fight. Like my money, number one. <laughs> like am I getting paid? 
what I feel like I deserve. And are people going to see it? Is it going to be a big turnout? Is it going to be a, a great entertain, entertaining fight and show? And I got both of those because my purse was negotiated before we decided to to join forces with Shields Marshall. So that wasn't a concern of mine. And it just made it even more possible for more people to see it. It made mm. it even it, even on a bigger scale and a grander scale. Mm. And it was awesome to me. I think it sounded like a great, I want to cuss right now, but I probably not going to. Oh yeah, don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's an awesome idea, it's badass. So, and I still believe that. Like I'm glad I stuck to my guns on it because it's turning out to be really, really, really awesome. You are allowed to curse on oh, this I show. Am. Okay. Yes, Sergio Mora curses all the time when I talk to him. Um, <laughs> Biggest fight of your career is this? Oh, yeah, of course. Mm. I mean, you'd be stupid. I'd be, I don't know what Baumgartner is saying, but this is a huge fight. This mm. is a huge, huge fight. Um, we've created this rivalry that is, I think, important for women's boxing, but the inter- of course, with the entertainment factor. But there's some serious hardware on the line. Mm. Like We both have these goals of going undisputed, and so this is either going to make or break that goal for one of us. Mm. Her, not me, but I'm saying it's a massive fight and the biggest fight possible that we've ever, each one of us have ever been in. I don't know where the bad blood came from between you two because, like, you never, you were calling out title holders, not necessarily who was holding those exactly. titles right exactly. there. Like, when did you kind of, it kind of strike you that, like, all right, maybe this girl really doesn't like me and maybe this is going to become like a thing? She, I realized <laughs> that when she started doing interviews after she won, like, she has not liked me for a long time. Like, I just found out about this girl in the pros. She's apparently, I've been on her radar for years mm-hmm. and it makes sense because I was, I was on the national team number right. one in the amateurs coming up in the division that she was trying to make it at, and I never heard of her. So she's had it out for me for years, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But um, to me, it's, it's, it wasn't personal. It's become a little personal, mm. obviously. But to me, it really was just about going after the champions and making the biggest possible fights. Mm. For her, it was personal off the bat. <laughs> what made it personal for you? Was it something that was said or something that evolved? Um, just the back and forth. Mm. You know, I think that... Uh, I feel like when I have spoken about her, it's me saying, like, let's fight. Mm. That's initially just how it started. Like, let's fight. Let's get this fight on for the fans. Mm. You're the champ now. Like, I'm coming for it. Like, I'm going to be undisputed. I'm the best in this division. Just, Mm. you know, champ stuff. Mm. Um, But she did. Her shit talk was a little bit like low blows, like just basically trying to put me down and everything that I've accomplished, not giving me any respect. Um, talking about dumb things like the way I look mm. and things that are so irrelevant. And to me, I can't respect that kind of trash talk. Like, just speak facts. Mm. So, I don't know. It feels like this is, as I look at it from afar, it feels like it's been framed like Rocky Three in a way. If you remember, you know, Mr. T, like the person coming up the ranks that nobody appreciated, then you get framed as like Rocky that with the silver spoon at this point. Like, do you feel I like wish, you're getting treated like that? I wish I could relate to what you're saying, except I've never seen Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. How I has swear. any of them? None of them. None of them. None of them. You know, I'm in the new one. Coming you up. are? Coming out. Me and Todd Grisham, we're, we're calling it. We're, well, we are the broad guy. How have you not, how are you as a boxer not I seen any of the Rocky haven't. movies? I just haven't. I don't know. Like, I remember vaguely seeing it. This is now the headline of the show, by the way. This no, is now you, that Michaela Bass like, never you seen You never Rocky. know with your reporters, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember vaguely seeing parts of him, like, chasing a chicken when I was a kid on the TV as I was walking past the living room. Like, I never sat down and watched these, so yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure you're right. <laughs> All right, so I guess the, the way it is, like, she's the unheralded fighter that never got the opportunities and you're the 
you know, the pretty girl, so to speak, that gets all like Listen, the easy opportunities. Listen, she had all the opportunities that I had, if not more. She mm. started boxing when she was 18, <laughs> Chris. Okay, mm. I didn't walk into boxing gym when I was 17 years old. First mm. fight at eight. Mm. Sorry, when she was she eight. She was eight, yeah. She yeah. was eight. I walked in the gym at 17, took my first boxing fight at 18. Like, there were no opportunities for any of us, but we hustled and we made sure we showed up to those national mm. tournaments and that we won mm. because that was what was going to get you Mm-hmm. to where you wanted to be mm-hmm. which was on an olympic team on a national team mm-hmm. so that's what i did i hustled and i grinded and i put everything into it we there was no opportunity i don't know what her excuse is she wants to make an excuse like i got to where i got out of like some luck or some mm-hmm. privilege but i didn't i grinded my ass mm-hmm. to where i am right now and she fell short yeah, and I think she got every- her opportunity now but yeah, everyone in women's boxing had to grind, especially when you came. I mean, it wasn't what it was in 2016 when you came out of the Olympics. There was no support for, for pros at that point. Nothing. When I first started boxing, there was no one was allowing us to compete mm-hmm. in the Olympics, and pros weren't signing us. I don't even know what the hell I was thinking. Like mm-hmm. I was like just crazy, just in love with the sport and figuring out I'd figure it out along the way, and that's mm-hmm. what I did. Mm-hmm. Last couple of things. Um, you've studied her, obviously. Do you look at this as a difficult fight for you? Every fight for me at coming up to this point is, mm-hmm. is difficult in, in a big fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking past anybody. I've told everybody that I have trained for a very, very tough, strong version of Baumgartner. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, my confidence level, I do believe I'm the, the greater, more complete fighter. And I mm-hmm. do feel like I'm going to overwhelm her. If she does have the power that everyone's talking about, then I got to be careful that I don't mm-hmm. get countered and caught with that right hand. And I'm... And I'm realistic about that and i've come up with a strategy to try to avoid that Mm -hmm. but um you know we'll see when i get in there with her Mm. you've said first few rounds is when she's dangerous like how do you have to fight in those first few rounds is this going on before the fight or after the fight (laughs) how careful do you have to be i guess this will be before the fight so i don't want to give away too much but uh, i'll say this i absolutely you guys know my style yeah I, i end up at some point in the fight i take it to my fighter and i back them up and that's that's my style and that's what coach al Mm-hmm. has always instilled in me because he wants me to be excited and he wants me to shut shut it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to get to that point eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm it feels like get she wants to lure first. you into a dog fight. Like she wants to lure you into like a street fight Oh, I don't there. think so. Yeah. That's what she keeps talking like, you right. guys. But she doesn't, she's not a dog-like <laughs> fighter. Mm-hmm. She does not lure people into street fights. Mm-hmm. This girl wants to stay at her perfect space and counter and catch you. Mm-hmm. Even like... This is the perfect example if you watch her last fight with Matisse. Matisse mm. was levels below her, right? Like, she should have gotten her out of there. Mm. But her plan is to catch you and counter you and land that perfect shot. And mm. when she doesn't do that, she doesn't have that third, fourth gear. She doesn't put you on your back foot and back you up and get you up against the rope. She doesn't have that mm. dog in her that... I don't know where people are getting this. Where did you get it from? I mean, her. <laughs> her, <laughs> yeah. So she doesn't. I mean, I look, everybody, and I think I was part of the broadcast of the Terry Harper fight. Um, yeah. Everybody looks at that, and the, the knockout was spectacular. It was the mm-hmm. knockout of the year, or one of anyway. And I think that's where a lot of it, if it does not, that's not where it comes from, it's why a lot of people believe it, because that punch put Terry Harper out yeah. on her feet. Yeah, I mean, she's got to land it. She's got to land it. She's got to mm. be set to land it. Mm. She's not the type, like a Hamadouche type, who's going to push me back and overwhelm me with shots. That's more me. That was a tough fight. Yeah, Yeah, that's what she really has to get ready for for me because if she can't land that right hand, she does have to go into a tough 10-round fight, which she's only been in one full Mm 10-rounder, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Then she's in foreign territory. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Good luck, Michaela. And uh, it's like a six or seven hour flight to get back. Would you please watch a couple of Rocky movies right. there? I mean, just like find the best <laughs> ones, like one at least. And then like, don't watch five. Five's terrible. Oh my God, there's five? There's like 10 now. Oh my God, And okay. there's one, Michael B. Jordan and all that stuff. Now right. you're, you're graduating. So like one or two of them. All right, all right, I got you. <laughs> when we come back, this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time now for this week's picks, brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. I really hope you have been betting with me consistently. Last week, I gave you two more winners. I said Andy Ruiz to win. That was not a difficult pick. Andy Ruiz to win by decision. That one was. Those were good odds. Hope you got rich betting on Andy Ruiz. Had some shaky moments there, Ruiz, where it looked like he was going to pick up a knockout. I guess not really shaky, but he was uh, about to put uh, Luis Ortiz down early in that fight. But that one ended in a decision. Ended for Andy Ruiz, and Ruiz uh, picks up the win. And hopefully you picked up a win as well. This week... The focus is on women's boxing. Claressa Shields, Savannah Marshall, undisputed middleweight championship, a grudge match between Shields and the only women's boxer who has ever beaten her. Savannah Marshall topped Shields in the amateur ranks about 10 years to go. Now, this fight 
is very close. Odds makers have gone back and forth. Right now, Shields is a slight favorite over at FanDuel, but I think she's going to win. I like her a lot in this fight. Savannah Marshall is a big puncher, but I think Clarissa Shields is the better boxer here and should win a decision. That is my pick for method of victory as well, and that's where you can make a little bit of money. Clarissa Shields, by points or decision, is plus 110. So it's not the greatest of odds. Uh, The best odds right now are Shields by knockout, but I don't think Clarissa Shields has great power at 160. Certainly not enough to stop someone the caliber of Savannah Marshall. I do think she wins something like a 7-3-8-2 type of decision because I think she is the better boxer. So this week, take Clarissa Shields to win, take her to win by decision. Those are my picks brought to you by FanDuel. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Gareth A. Davies and Michaela Mayer for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.